Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. I love starting on a passive-aggressive note. <laughs> no, I... Listen. I may listen. sound... <laughs> I may sound aggressive all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like a fun, supportive aggressive. You know what I mean? That is the most cancer thing you've ever said. <laughs> in, the, in the four years that we've been working together, yeah. that is the most cancer thing you've ever said to me. Yeah, it's just like and a I, love <laughs> aggression, you know? Like, like <laughs> <sighs> I love, I love that. <laughs> Is it yeah. rude? Sure. Is it right. full of love? Also, yes. <laughs> and does it get my point across? Maybe, but like, well, it gets the job bag, done. <laughs> you know? It gets the job done. When I think about how cancers speak their like intonation I think of it very much just full of passive aggressiveness like sure is it very similar to Bob the Builder does it get it done sure oh my god <laughs> but is it is it the best way hmm sure yeah mm. up for debate yeah will they will the cancer be the one who's still crying even though they made the passive aggressive thing okay hmm. who's to say okay. you know Okay. Anyways, happy cancer season. I think we got a little hostile a little quickly. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, think of it just as me, like, getting comfortable with my analysis of Joe before we even really, like, start oh my God. anything. I'm really just, know? like, getting into the text, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really just, like, trying to be true. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, I'm just an English teacher. It's just kind of, like, what I do. Sorry, I like, uh, nuance and research. <laughs> Speaking of things that get the job done, hi, welcome to Into the Twilight. Hello, we get the job done, I guess is our new motto. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Cody, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good. I got a fun little gift in the mail today. Mm, tell me more. I got my first iPod. iPod Nano. From oh my, my youth. I'm so excited for you. I'm elated. I've never... My mom has been, like, like going through all of our shit because she's moving and, like, doing all this stuff and, like, getting rid of all the garbage that's just been collecting. I'm Cody's mom, forever. by the way. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. We forgot to say that, like, four years right. ago. Sorry. My mom, Allie, is <laughs> <laughs> rummaging through all my stuff. Uh, <laughs> and was, and so, I've just been holding your iPod <laughs> Nano hostage. <laughs> yeah. No, I need those tunes. Um, but my mom was like, hey, I found this. Do you want it? And I was like, absolutely. If you could send that to me, like, today, I would. That would be, I will pay for shipping, like, whatever. I want it so bad. And so it's here. And I have a charger en route because nobody has that fucking giant wide charger oh, anymore. Those thick such boys. Such a thick boy. So thick. Um, but she's en route. So I'm excited to just really 
dive into that headspace. Uh, tell me, tell me three <laughs> things that you are going to find on there, please, and thank you. Uh, I know, I feel like it will be reminiscent of, like, a Stephanie Meyer playlist, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. There's, there's for sure Muse on there, for sure. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, probably some The Killers up in there. Mm, God bless. A little Fall Out Boy, probably. What age range? I think, so The on the back of the thing it says 2006, which seems- Sorry, you wrote this on your iPod? No, it, you know how in the back of Apple devices they used to just have inscriptions of like <gasps> where it was oh, made. Oh yeah! And like, Holy shit! I forgot about back. that. Yeah, so it's that, and it says 2006, which seems early, but I don't know. So I'm I I think it's more like 11, like maybe 10 to 13. Okay, gotcha. That kind of yeah. Range. I distinctly remember in like 2006, I had one of the like OG iPod shuffles. Yeah, the ones that did not have a face on them. Yeah, but I mean, God bless. You know what I mean? Yeah, love that. Depending on how young it, it skews, there's definitely some Hillary Duff on there. Oh, for sure. Yes. Um, maybe a little Aaron Carter. Oh my god. Because, you know, that was my life. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. 2006, fuck, like, 11 to 13-year-old me was all ABBA, yeah. Hillary Duff, totally. Jesse McCartney. Oh, definitely Jesse McCartney is on there, for sure. Anything that would have played on the Disney Channel radio station that they yes, used to have absolutely was on there. Yeah. Also, this thing is one gigabyte. Um, storage (laughs) one so i've no it could be a song (laughs) we could probably fit one episode of our podcast on that thing (laughs) just a really long voicemail (laughs) so i don't know what to expect but i'm so excited wow yeah you'll definitely have to follow up and let us know what was on there absolutely i will that's great how are you doing my dude oh i'm i'm so tired, um, but I'm great. When y'all hear this, I will not be in my dark, dank home, my oh starter my home anymore. <laughs> I don't think you've ever referred to it as your dark, dank home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so over this fucking place at sure. this point. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I will be in my, our new townhouse. Ooh. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited about that, but the moving process is, um, it surprises me every time. I think it's very similar to, um, I don't know, tattoos, <laughs> like anything, yeah. <laughs> where it's, it goes, I spend just enough of a distance between it that I'm like, oh, it's not that bad, and then sure. when I'm doing it, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, like, right. I hate this. <laughs> I'm and, in a prison of my own making. <laughs> yeah, I did this to myself. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. Um, I will say that... Since we last spoke, there have been quite a few things that have been bringing me joy in my life. I love um, that. Two of which are new movies that came out this past weekend um, that are fucking amazing. Hell yeah. First of all, um, Palm Springs. Very good. And The Old Guard. Also good. Um, I knew nothing about those going into watching them this past weekend. Yeah. Um. All I knew was, like, Chris was like, we're going to watch these. One has 
uh, fucking Andy Samberg in it. The other one has Charlize Theron. And I was like, all right. Right. So That's all you needed to say. That's a perfect um, alley double feature in terms of <laughs> her bisexuality. <laughs> um, and I had a great time watching them. Yeah. Um, it's been, it feels like forever since I've just had new movies to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so resistant to just watching things that I need to watch. <laughs> like, right. So I'd rather new stuff come out. And that was great. It, it brought me a lot of joy. It was brought me some necessary joy um, that I didn't think could be peaked. And then I woke up today <laughs> to some news. Oh, no. <laughs> and it is so hard to find good news at this time uh, that I'm I'm so blessed that uh, this news has resurfaced on a recording day. Um, it's a blessed day, one might say. Um, uh, you were the one who shared this, um, and I found out <laughs> via our Twitter because of your hard investigative research. Breaking so would you like news. to share um, our first quote-unquote current events today, please? Y'all, we've speculated... For a while, we've had we we've had ideas, we've had some rumbling, some rumors, perhaps. But Dakota Johnson but. can't drive, <laughs> and by that, I mean she's bisexual. <laughs> uh, and it honestly, like, we should have known with a tooth gap. Okay, yes, listen, we should have known from the tooth gap, and we should have known from her. Putting Ellen on a spike and fucking roasting her like a pig on live television. <laughs> should have known. There were so many signs. Right. We, just, we were so, we can't, we just like would not see them. We would not see them. We refused I think to look. I just, I didn't want to get my hopes up, you know? It's true. It's true. Because she checks all the boxes of someone who would just be someone who seems like she could be gay, but was very, very strict. Like, she has kind yes. of a Natasha Leon vibe, where it's like, there's gay vibes, certainly. Right. And then there's nothing. God, every time that I think about Natasha, I just get so sad, because I'm like, oh, yes, my gay aunt. And then she's like, uh, no. Hey, <laughs> like, remember fuck. Fred Armisen? It's like, oh, God, okay, yeah. Uh, sure. Anyway. <sighs> and she's, like, fucking married to Chris Martin, or dating Chris Martin. Are they married? I have no idea. They're together. Whatever. So that's upsetting. Whatever. But... This isn't even breaking news. This has apparently been in vogue since 2017. <laughs> yeah, breaking news, folks. Bisexuality in vogue since in 2017. Vogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's about time, you know? It's. <laughs> I'm so glad that we can break that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how the fuck this resurfaced on Twitter. I saw it yesterday, yeah. I think. I, I saw people posting it yesterday, and I, then it, it came onto our feed today. Right. Um, I think it, the original, I tried to find the original tweet, and it looked like it was from this, like, sapphic bot, yes. <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> right. Um, but, it, yeah, this this Vogue piece that we're talking about is an interview from her when she was still doing Fifty Shades. It's, like, from Yeah, it's, like, Fifty Shades Yeah. Bless this, first of all. Bless this. It makes me, it just brought so much joy. <laughs> like, the amount of texts 
the amount of text chains that I was able to update today yeah. based on this news alone, <laughs> powerful. Love that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy for this. Um, and good on her, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, I think that it's very telling of Dakota to just, like, slip that into an interview yeah. and for it to just, like, come back three years later. <laughs> I remember people people on Twitter were, like, um, posting photos from, like, her Architectural Digest video or whatever and being like, there's no way this woman was straight if you look at her kitchen. <laughs> like, look at this fucking, like, mint green kitchen with sev- 7,000 limes in a bowl. <laughs> like, just... There's no God. way. There's no way. Do the math. It, it does not add up. And like I was telling Cody before we started recording, she was in Suspiria. Like, come on. I don't know. Come on. I don't know what else to say at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, um, love that. <laughs> Super happy. Yes. It's a great day in the news corner here. Not in the news corner anywhere else, but in the news corner here. In our very, very small news corner, it's good. It's a very good space. This is the penultimate episode that we have on Hidden Bodies. <gasps> God, we're almost done. We are almost done oh, with this. God, it's been a long time coming, folks. This is this is our 18th week. I can't. On this book alone. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that's normal for us, but that feels extra long. Because I, I can't, listen, I can't count. I don't <laughs> understand math. Yeah. That's most of this year, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. A year has and 52 I, weeks, if we are remembering correctly. I don't understand that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, I... And no, I, this is not Caroline's fault. Yeah. However, I will forever associate this book <laughs> with some of the fucking darkest days in this world. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's not good, folks. Um, no. So I'm really happy to be done. Um, and to, even though, even though things are not going to be, like, magically fixed in August, some might say that things are going to get worse based on what the experts have said. Yep. Um, I'm just really glad to have a book that um, is trash, but is comfortable trash. Yeah, totally. We we know that cadence enough, um, and this one has been a little bit, it's a little bit wild, some might say. Yeah. Um, but this week we only have four chapters to get through, which feels a lot easier than last week. Listen, listen. <laughs> just kind of a, dr- last week was kind of just like a drive-through yeah. review. Um, this week we were able to kind of, to settle a little bit, which is good because some whack shit. <laughs> it gets kind of goes on around these parts. It does. When we last left off in chapter 49, things had kind of started to escalate at that point. (laughs) Joseph was, like, in the bathroom, convinced Love was gone. I mean, she was gone, but, like, gone, gone, girl. And he was, like, slamming his body against the bathroom door in that little Compton motel, just, like, trying to get out. When she comes back at the end of the chapter, she just has the mug of piss. And I'm so... 
out of all of the books I've ever read in my whole life, um, not only as like an English major in college, but as an English teacher, I think the symbol of the mug of urine is my least favorite <laughs> symbol of all time. Totally. Absolutely. I hate it. <laughs> it is so bad. And also, what purpose does it serve? Who is this It's for? just so on the nose. Yeah. Like, it's not even a symbol at that point. No. It's, it's actually, someone's like, a quite literal object. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe likes to refer to it like it is a symbol. It's not. It's just... Yeah, he's he just having, like, religious leaving. visions for this mug of piss, and it's like, it's just literally a mug of piss. So, like, relax. Yeah, it's more so that you're just really bad at crime. Yeah. Um, and if you could stop leaving your DNA everywhere, that would be great. <laughs> so... When chapter 50 starts, I assumed that Love would kind of delve into her backstory of, like, did she kill the Salingers or, like, what the fuck happened? But then they, that doesn't happen. They just, like, go on a little road trip first. It's like, anyway, so let's just (laughs) hang out. Is that cool? Yeah. They, they go, which, fucking Joseph, first of all, they go near Brown University because of Beck, which is Joseph, I hate you so much. Rip. Um, they <laughs> find like a nearby restaurant. Um, it's a Greek restaurant and they ordered lots of Greek food and I was like, as I was reading this, I was like, God damn, that sounds so good. <laughs> and as they're eating, this is when Love starts to like share her story about what happened. Yeah. And honest to God, when I was reading this, I had hoped that it would that what was translated in the TV show was similar, that, like, she was a killer, too. Right. That is absolutely not what happened. And Like, what? What? I I want to know your take on this, because it, it honestly shocked me in several different ways, because I was not expecting it based on what we saw in the TV show, but also, like, why? Oh, like, so, love is totally... Who is this love? I don't, I don't know. And that's the thing that really shocked me too, is like, it doesn't feel characteristic to the one dimensional character that we've gotten in this book so far. Right. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden she pulls this random, like, I'm going to get into the Salinger residence. Well, Pretend first to be your scorned lover. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to go and get a, do... A fashion crime first because I need to get a new Lily Pulitzer dress because oh, yeah. that's really like on brand for right. me. And then I'm gonna sneak, not sneak, but I'm gonna like burst into the Salinger house and do a whole monologue about how I'm Peach's secret lover. Like, what? Like in front of all these news crews and like all of these people and like. And her family. Her family. It's just like, what? Who is this little scamp? Who the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> if this was the kind of person that love is, why have you not been developing that character throughout the whole book? Where has she been? Who is because this? Because I, she's not good. No, but I at least she's at least interesting. Right. Yeah, this is definitely more <laughs> interesting than love. Who's like, oh, I'm rich and I don't do blowjobs and also I act. And sometimes I have a charity question mark. Right. And sometimes I win awards for service. 
Yeah, like a a swimming charity, whatever the fuck that is. Like, hello? So anyways, she goes on this monologue. She says that they have this secret relationship in New York. um, And essentially that she is the problem. Because I think the main thing that the family had been saying before, if I remember right, is that, like, Peach wasn't in a relation like didn't like women yeah because that was like the whole thing is that like she was trying to keep it secret right um so she does this whole thing obviously peach's family is like um hello we're trying to grief (laughs) can you (laughs) stop yeah um she does this enough and she's like crying and and apparently getting very extra to the point where she's just like, I need to just go upstairs and be in our bed for a moment. And at that point, she's able to go upstairs, grab the mug of urine, put it in her purse and then go downstairs. Um, I think one of the other things she also mentions, too, is like she tells the family she's able to she's offering to like make a statement to the police Um about her relationship with Peach, and the family's like, um, no, 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 no. Like, please go out the back door. We don't know who you are. It felt unnecessary. Yeah. And also, like, I'm assuming, based on this, that Caroline wants the Salinger family alive, but, like, in the TV show, they didn't matter, so I just assumed that love was gonna kill them off. Anyways, it was weird to me. Um, then the, as soon as they're there, Joe also gets, like, a Google alert because subtle Joseph, really good thing to do as a murderer, um, not suspicious at all, that the Salingers are, like, stopping their investigation for, quote, personal family reasons. Um, and he's super happy and everything's perfect, which means something bad is about to happen. And... (laughs) Love's phone rings, and she finds out from her family um, that Forty has been found and that he is alive. Mm. And Joe (laughs) says that he feels like he's about to have a stroke. (laughs) Color me surprised. Yeah. That that Joe did a bad job killing someone. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that he didn't know how to do a good murder and dispose of a body properly? Ah, oh, did I not put enough Percocets in the water? Damn. Did I not wait to see oh. if he would uh, come back? Did I just kind of dip? Did I give Forty an accidental baptism? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Did I le- leave my homie at the clown motel? <laughs> Listen, you know, like, you know how it is when you're just hanging out with the bros and sometimes you just give them a baptism just to, like, you just gotta make sure that they're cool right. and chill yeah, and yeah. right with the Lord. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter that he was, like, full of drugs and right. thinking about impure thoughts. It's you okay. just dip that little head forget, in the really baby. hot yeah. water Scalding. of the hot spring. <laughs> just hold it down just a little bit. <laughs> and then things are okay. 
Or he's dead. You know, like, it's a 50-50 chance at that point. This is but. where we make the very odd turn into just becoming a true crime podcast. <laughs> We're just, what I would fucking give. It's like, here's uh. how you uh, get rid of a body by baptizing it in a hot spring. <laughs> I, the only reason, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, sure. the reason that I've never thought about uh, doing one is I, there's an arbitrary line I've set up for myself about how much of a stereotype of a white woman I want to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> somehow um, participating in a true crime podcast and also owning plants are somehow my line. Yeah. <laughs> Because the idea of um, saying anything like my little green babies um, while also participating in a narrative of talking about, like, police brutality. Sure. uh, Seems, again, they're arbitrary lines of the (laughs) massive stereotype that I already am, but it's fine. Understandable. So, 40's alive, and he's in Reno. And they're going to go see him in the hospital. <laughs> sure. Um, Love is super relaxed. She's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so glad that we found him. This guy has nine lives. Um, and Joe's like, <laughs> I will quote this because these are not the words that I would say. He's like, that's crazy. I observe in my peppiest voice. <laughs> like, he's just like, whoa, <laughs> I'm so glad your brother's alive. <laughs> and... At the end of this chapter, um, which is my personal favorite, because this is about to get into my a very good part of this, I think, um, is he gets another text from Forty. Which, like, can you imagine this guy? Forty is on death's door, right. like, on so many meds. His IV bag is full of Gatorade. Absolutely. And he just texts. <laughs> he texts Joe, see you soon, Professor. This guy has the best texting timing out of anyone I've ever seen. Absolutely. It's so good. Like, last time he just texted Joe while everyone thought he was dead and missing. And it was like, hey, dude, want to get some lunch? And it's like, hello? And now he's like, sup, dude? Back from the dead. What's up? (laughs) It's so powerful. Forty must be one of those people that his, like, ears get red when people talk about him. Like the, like, old wives tale. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. And so, like, his ears were getting red, and he's like, oh, damn, my boy is talking about me. I'm going to just shoot him a real t- <laughs> a text real quick. Like, hey. Uh, and maybe it was, like, really well-meaning. It's not. But, yeah. like, maybe it was real, really well-meaning that, like, his mom and dad um, in the hospital just said that they were, that Love and Joe were going to come by. And so he's like, see you soon, Professor. But Joe got it at this worst time when he's having these cyclical thoughts. He's like, oh, fuck, damn it. <laughs> like, no. shit, he knows. <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, chapter 51, um, they fly to Reno, it's, I found that stuff really boring. Um, the hospital part, however, very interesting to me. So many layers. So many, tell me about these layers. Peel back, (laughs) peel peel back the Shrek onion, please. I, so Joe kind of like stumbles in here. And every like Dottie's like crying and pacing and just like losing her mind, and everyone just kind of like doing their weird like part of the family that the role that they're they're acting or whatever. And Joe's just kind of there, being like, 
hey, I tried to kill this guy, and he knows that, and I know that, but nobody else here knows that, and we're both not going to say anything, but we're both going to pretend like things are fine. Yeah, it's the, it's that TikTok of, like, the, how y'all doing? Oh my god, it's, yes, it's literally that. He's like, how y'all doing? Uh, (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah, I'm totally alive. And he's like, how are you? And Joe's like, I was worried about you. So. The sexual tension, folks. (laughs) You could cut it with a knife. It's powerful. It was hot. (laughs) Hot. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a lot going on of like this, we're going to put on this act while all of the family is here until they all leave. Um, honestly, when I first read it, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, interaction in the hospital in Twilight. Oh, sure. Uh, but for very different reasons. (laughs) Yes. Uh, both very tense, both tension you could cut with a knife, but on opposite ends of the spectrum, (laughs) one might say. Yeah. Uh, so finally, when the family leaves, um, Love and Dottie and what the fuck the father's name is. Dad. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Pop. Um, <laughs> heads out. They like, I don't know, do laps around the hospital. Fuck all if I know. Sure. Um, so they end up leaving the room. And this is when things get really tense oh and also milo's there <laughs> fuck off anyways What's um, happening? um okay so this is i'm just gonna read this part because i love it <clears throat> milo ushers Dottie out of the room and when they're gone i turn to 40 shut it he says first the door then your mouth and i'm like <laughs> like what is gonna happen i hello and then what happens cody what happens <laughs> Do they fuck? Huh? They don't. They don't fuck. <laughs> they don't, and it's really disappointing. Mm. So basically, Forty is like, I need you to just do everything for me. I need you to write all my shit and make me famous, so I can get my Oscar or whatever. Yes. And in return, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> That you tried to murder me. Or that he's already called the cops. Right. Because one of the first things that he says is he's like, 40, maybe we can talk. (laughs) And then one of my favorite things during all of this is like, remember, 40 is in a hospital bed. He has a lot of things plugged into him. He's also, during this... He is eating M&M's. Hi, this episode is sponsored by M&M's. But during this, he's also throwing M&M's at Joe. (laughs) Which is such a, like, it's such a petty thing, but I love it a lot. It's so good. He also has, he has two bags of M&M's, one of which is full of M&M's, the other which is full of drugs. (laughs) And I love it so much. He's just fisting from a bag of M&M's. And Forty's like, maybe we can talk. He pours M&M's into his mouth. Maybe you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! And so Joe is unsure because he asks, like, did you call the cops? Right. And Forty refuses to stay. He's like, it's none of your business. And <laughs> Joe is like, look, obviously we're both upset. Like, he's trying to de-escalate this situation. Listen, listen. We're both a little hot uh, right now. 
you know, forty <sighs> strapped to a hospital bed. It's like, yeah, you think, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so what ends up happening is this compromise. I'll say that in in big quotation marks here, because what it is is it's blackmail. Yes, it's blackmail. <laughs> Is Joseph is going to continue being his essentially like ghost writer right. of his scripts and not going to say anything about it because if he does, he Forty's going to tell everyone that he fucking tried to kill him and left him in the desert to die. Yeah. Uh, so great. <laughs> There's a couple things with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I just 40, book 40. Because TV40 yes. is very important, and we should protect him. I love TV40 so much, but <laughs> Book40 book is a different person. Book40 is so sad. He's so sad, because he, he's, like, worked in the biz, has had every possible opportunity and advantage given to him in his life. And he should be right. a success, you would think, right? And he's, like, in his mid-30s yes. or something, and he hasn't done shit. Until, no. without the help, of fucking Joe Goldberg. Who would have fucking thought? Who's, previous to this, has not written a word of anything. Except no, for the fictional life written... of Guinevere Beck. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing original no. that we know no. of. What a waste yeah. of a life and of opportunities. Uh, and of access. Yeah, I don't understand and of course joe is now pissed because he's like for some reason now he has belief in himself to be a screenwriter and is like now i won't even get the glory if i get an oscar it won't be mine i'll be the family of 40 i won't be 40 who if you all remember correctly 300 pages earlier this man was mr fuck hollywood never go to the west coast yeah. man so and now suddenly his aspirations are i'm going to be a screenwriter la was made for me and only me hmm, hmm. interesting interesting the kind of confidence that this man has <laughs> for a murderer that's really bad at being a murderer <laughs> You're not even proficient in the one thing you are proficient in. Like, you are just, like, that's your one skill. Your one skill is to get rid of bodies and kill them. And you're bad at that. But you don't know how to do anything else except fuck books, I guess. And fuck typewriters. And typewriters, right. There's a wide array of inanimate objects that he (laughs) has sex with, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So I hate this. Yeah. Um... And uh, Joe is all like, I hate this so much because he's like, at the end of this chapter, he's like, Forty's my new mug of piss, alive and well and wiping his nose. Love may have forgiven me for everything else, but she would never forgive me for hurting her brother. Professor Joe would be a terrible moniker for a a serial killer. I hate this dude so much. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate this dude so much. Anyways, especially when near the end of this chapter, um, Caroline goes back to her favorite thing, which is um, adding adding in Joe's thoughts in italics. Yeah. So <laughs> when they get back to their hotel that evening, she starts adding in onomo. Uh, what is that? Onomopoetic. Yeah. 
thoughts for Joe, but as a dog. And it's the I most fucked up thing where he's like, I, w- I look out at the lights and see my future. Arf, arf. And how I will clap for 40 when his movie gets cast, when it goes into production, when he gets nominated, when he wakes us up with a phone call. I did it. And Love and I will dress up and go to the premiere and we will be the writer's family. That's like, fuck off. Fuck off, first of all. I hate that. I do. I hate it. I hate it so much. So, chapter 52 starts. Um, Joseph is, even though he was being a pouty little bitch boy before, um, he's fine now. Um... They, him and Love start this chapter off by going to a premiere. Um, and at this premiere, they meet Jennifer Aniston, another name drop. Love that. Hollywood, um, And baby. family favorite, Justin Theroux. Right. And they, and Joseph is happy as a clam <laughs> because he gets to eat guac with them. <laughs> And talk about Cabo. I love Los Angeles, baby. That's it. This is the lifestyle. Here's the thing. I can shit on Joe as much as I want. Get me in a room with Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau. Honest to God, I swear to you, we would probably be talking about guac at some point in that night. Oh, yeah. I don't know that it would be immediately. Get in there. But me, Jennifer Aniston, Justin Thoreau eating guac sounds like a goddamn good time. Yeah, that sounds fun. I just don't understand how Justin Thoreau can go to anything and have a good time. He has such sad eyes. <laughs> how do you look at him and not cry is my thing. Imagine sharing a tender guac with Justin Thoreau. <laughs> it gives you those my eyes. My actual version of heaven. It gives you those eyes. <laughs> it's just like, I just want to share a... I'm just imagining sharing a chip with guac with Justin Thoreau. It's like five years or... <laughs> later or maybe even five years ago when it felt safe enough but i'm imagining it in a very like lady in the tramp style where we're both like eating the chip right. and guac in a very like platonic way though not in a romantic way in a platonic just, way <laughs> and just i just want to ask him i just want to share that guac with him in that moment feel comfortable and feel safe and then just ask justin like who hurt you that you have such sad eyes all the time Are you okay you can be honest it's fine <laughs> Blink twice if you need help, Justin. <laughs> Sharing, doing a Lady in the Tramp with chips and guac sounds like the most painful mouth thing you could possibly do with another person. That is like I shards imagine... of chip into your fucking gums. <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. You just try to get chip and you accidentally get teeth and it's like, ooh, whoops. <laughs> uh, so- uh, yeah, that sounds awful. I can't imagine doing a Lady in the Tramp style eating situation um, before. I certainly can't imagine doing it ever now. Um, yeah. Now, would I think about that if it were Justin Throw? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. I'd consider it. I would, I would definitely think about it. That uh, has nothing to do with this chapter. <laughs> in a better world, in a just world, it would. In a good world. Essentially what this chapter is talking about, there's a lot of, like, reminiscing with um, Joe's old friends. There's uh, some moments where Love is making veal parmesan. 
Sure. Uh, and she refers to it as babies for the baby. Oh, oh yeah. In case you forgot, Love is pregnant. So. Yeah, that wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. Um, for sure pregnant. I, I thought that that would have been a joke. Yeah. Um, that Love was saying. It was not a joke. Love is actually, like, pregnant. Nope. And they're keeping it secret. <laughs> secret. Because, you know, don't want to overshadow 40. Right, exactly. After dying. Um, <laughs> so, 40 and Joseph meet twice a week at the same Taco Bell. Uh, just like old times. <laughs> yeah, just like nothing, like nothing happened before. <laughs> And, uh, so, good news, um, the, one of the, his pieces, The Mess, um, Amy Adams, plural, folks, Hey-oh. that's fun. has been name-dropped. The prophecy. And she's going to, <laughs> she's here. <laughs> she's going to be participating in The Mess, which is one of 40's pieces. So, in this world, Amy Adams, singular, and Amy Adams, plural, exist, and that, <sighs> folks... Is hard for my brain. <laughs> it's tough. You can um, pick any other celebrity. Just literally anyone. Pick anyone that looks like Amy Adams. There's like three women right. that look exactly like Amy Adams. Yeah. There's the the funny one that Sasha Baron Cohen is married to. Yeah. I can never remember her name. Exactly. Exactly. But she's there. Yeah. She's visible. It's one of the first... Isla Fisher. Thank oh, you, yes, Google. Yes, yes, um, They look exactly the same. Just fucking swap them. Yeah. Don't be a coward. Anyways. Um, at the end of this chapter, um, everything seems to be going great. Joe loves his life. Love loves her life. Uh, hate saying that sentence out loud. Um, <laughs> love, live, laugh, loves her life. <laughs> Love lips, love lips, lips are life. <laughs> Saying that was broke my brain. I think I just spoke in Simlish. <laughs> I think we could just, it's kind of like the buffalo, buffalo, buffalo sentence where like really that those string of words makes one full sentence, even though it sounds like it's nonsense. So at the end of this chapter, uh, Love gets a phone call, and Joe's immediate thought was about his baby, and and I'm like, Caroline, don't try to make us feel anything right. for Joseph. As if like, Joseph not... has thought about this kid once, since <laughs> literally her telling him this. It's all been like, oh no, Forty's alive, oh no, fuck out of here. Now all of a sudden he's right. like, my baby, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck this dude. And he's going to go back to thinking about Forty uh, because at the end of this chapter, we find out that Forty's uh, dead. Sorry, don't you mean Forty's dead smiley face? <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. My bad. Um, I thought, I honestly, folks, my bad. I thought we were done with the smiley faces so in this too. Book. Oh, it got us right at the rear. Um, but yes, so 40, (laughs) Joe hears the news that 40's dead. Love, um, is screaming, like guttural screaming in agony, putting stress on her baby, his baby, mind you, all Joseph can think about is 
I hold her. I wish I could make it better, but I can't. Forty's dead. Smiley face. Joe's in the back popping champagne. He's, like, running around. He's like, happy day. Yeah, he's like, I gotta throw it up for your boy in heaven. <laughs> I gotta send him some love. Just trying this to toast for my boy. You know? Pour one out. So. Chapter 53. Forty in the book does not go out the way that 40 in the television show goes out. No. 40 in the television show goes out, one might say, I mean, he goes out unjustly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes out in a, it, it brought me quite an emotional reaction. Sure. Because I love him. Yes. Uh, he's awful, but I love him. Yeah. The way that <laughs> book 40 goes out made me laugh. It's like a and that's quaint not short to story that somehow got lost in the pages of this thriller novel or whatever. Yes. It is so off-tone. It is so irrelevant to everything. It felt like a Mad Libs. It, right. Absolutely. It feels like it, just a bot generated this and she's like, ah, I need a chapter. Just, I'm gonna put some words in here and uh, yep. hope it turns out what I want it to. Yeah, that um, a woman that's new to L.A. and going to see the Pretty Woman Hotel is just going to fucking clip 40 while he's jaywalking. What? I... Hello? I... And it's also an excuse to put out weird little little tidbits that obviously didn't fit anywhere else. It's like, oh, 40 had eight jaywalking tickets, which is like, why is this... Why? Why did I need to know that trivia? Yeah, and also, what? Yeah, also... <laughs> That's so many! <laughs> also, I think Forty's the only person, period, to have ever gotten a jaywalking ticket. He's the only white person I know... Certainly. ...to get a jaywalking Certainly. ticket. Certainly, yes. And to get eight. <laughs> right, eight is so many. You could have said, like, three. Uh, could have said five. Eight is... It's just excessive. It's too much. So... This chapter, unsurprisingly, um, is not about, it, it's a, it's a chapter that's dedicated to Forty and his funeral, mm -hmm. um, which you would think like, oh, okay, it's going to be about Forty. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it's not. It's about Joseph, mm -hmm. um, who is writing the eulogy for Forty. Because no one else could be fucking bothered to. <laughs> No one else was close enough <laughs> to that genius. to forty uh, to do it. So Joseph is doing the world a kindness <laughs> by providing this, and he is determined to make this his like magnum opus, mm -hmm. the best thing that he's ever done. He makes this a creative writing exercise, is what he does. <laughs> <laughs> he really fucking does. So everyone is here at this service. Um, and the song, they're, they're showing this, like, video before the eulogy goes on as a tribute to Forty, which has, like, a lot of pictures of Forty when he was sober and Forty when he was drunk and all these things. Um, they chose the song from Boogie Nights <laughs> to play underneath this, um, which, of course, you know, as one does, it makes everyone cry. Yeah. Because when I think of 
The Big Top, <laughs> the song that closes Boogie Nights. <laughs> it really just fucking brings it home totally. for my tear ducts. Totally. I want to know all of your thoughts about this eulogy. Because <sighs> it's long. It's so except It's everything that we hate about Joe. It is. It is. Like, it's as if he is subjecting everyone else besides us to his internal monologue and giving that gift to the whole world at a funeral. And he's yep. like, let me just wax poetic real quick for you about my dude, Forty Quinn. And he's basically trying to, like, paint him in a good light, right? Because the real Forty sucked. And if people really <laughs> yeah, he's knew, not great. people knew that he was, you know, a drug addict and, like, spent wasted all this money and wasn't talented and was just a low life. like, people wouldn't respect him. Yeah, and it's not fair in a eulogy to say that, like, 40 Quinn got its rocks off right. by kissing new brides. <laughs> right, yeah. It doesn't really do anything yeah. for the family. Right, I don't think that really helps with closure or, like, really <laughs> the peace, you know? I don't really know if that's a salt in the wound you're going to do that in because your son's dead. Um, right. So he's just, like, making up all this shit, being like, all he does is give, and, like, he's so smart, and he cares so much, and, like, he loved... Talks a lot about Taco Bell. He loved Taco Bell so much. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad that this service day could be sponsored by his favorite, right. Taco Thank Bell. Thank you, T-Bell, for showing up for 40. <laughs> um, Honest to God, I want my funeral service. I don't want to be buried, but I do want my wake to be sponsored by Taco Bell. Yeah, that'd I'm not be joking. Fucking killer. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Don't give my family casseroles. <laughs> don't fucking give them hamburger helper. No. I just want to serve people tacos. No. He also talks a lot about life's dominion. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I have that? no idea, but it's in there a lot, so I feel like that's a Carolyn thing, where it's just like, oh man, he learned so much about from Life's Dominion, and he really passed that along to everyone he knew. Um, and and he makes a point during all of this to like, sh- um, to like make eye contact with all of the celebrities that are in the audience, and they're just completely enraptured yeah. and crying right. and leaning on each other, yeah. and it's like. No, sir. He's (laughs) like, like, and he's also like dropping hints about all of the movies that they were working on together, being like, "Oh, if only he could have seen like the great work that was about to come out or whatever," and just like making eye contact with Reese Witherspoon. It's like you're gonna be in my next movie. It's like, what's up, Joaquin Phoenix? How are you doing? We're gonna be buds. (sighs) We're gonna have a beer. You know? (laughs) Why does and he calls him why? why it's so at first i didn't understand i was like who the fuck is this guy i'm like oh it's joaquin phoenix i'm like why would you not just say joaquin phoenix you're not on no i don't think anyone's on that name basis with joaquin phoenix rooney mara doesn't just call him Joaq. are you kidding (laughs) like i don't even know that joaquin phoenix wants to be referred as Joaq. like no yeah did you get his permission that seems actually a little rude It does. It seems it seems not nice. Um, but anyways, he's getting lots of hugs afterwards. Reese Witherspoon loves him. Susan Sarandon loves him. Yeah. Everyone loves Ugh. him. Which is exactly what Joseph wanted, and it makes me sick to my yeah. stomach. So, gross. At the end of this chapter, um, Love says that she wants to stay at the aisles tonight, because she doesn't want 
she wants her own bed. Um, and that is where the chapter ends. Hell yeah. So next week is the last episode uh, on Hidden Bodies. And I'm very excited. Fuck. Finally. <laughs> finally we get to just fucking put it to bed. Oh my god. It's a long time coming, but we're here. It really is. I am so excited to give some necessary love to our patrons. Uh, yes. Uh, to this week. With, listen... Hey, everyone. There's so much going on in this world. Yes. Let's just bring it back to something stable. Let's just do a good old reductress for you. Someone we know and love, we trust, you know? It's just safe there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel held. I feel I feel warm <laughs> in reductress's beautiful arms. <laughs> exactly. Um, why don't you start us off? Sure thing. Shout out Maggie Quinn. Pew, pew, pew. Who's gonna be... Zoom background, just picture taken when living room was clean. That is real. Yes. That's some real shit. Um, <laughs> shout out to Katie Weber. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> Who's gonna be? <laughs> uh, Mattel announces new Barbies will have razor burn on their bikini line. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Zoe Steele. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Who's gonna be? Same, girl. <laughs> I was gonna do this one, fuck! Fuck. <laughs> it's gonna be same, girl. This ham is spiraling. <laughs> I hope whoever did that headline got a raise. I, because, it deserve. fuck. You deserve the world, whoever uh, did same that. Same, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shout out to Rebecca Cohen, uh, who's going to be <laughs> breaking. Groom's hairline will be pushed back as well. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Rip. Yeah, yikes. Shout out to Elizabeth Swan. Pew, 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 pew. Who's going to be goals. This woman's screen time is way down ever since she fell into a manhole. Oh my god. Falling into a manhole, honest to god, one of my biggest fears. I hate it. I hate walking over those grates. Yeah, totally. Oh, mm-mm. Um, okay. Shout out to Amy Taylor. Who's gonna be, uh-oh, dad read an article. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. Shout out to Malt Gray. March! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna be. Mulch, I. Hold on. Before we go on, Mulch, I just have to tell you that <laughs> we still. In our podcast notes, we still have your name screenshot. Oh, yeah. We never got rid of it. No, we still have it, so it just says Mulch, but like big. <laughs> It just makes her so happy every week. Yeah, with that tiny little cryptid just living <laughs> their truth. Oh, fuck. Okay, Mulch Gray, this is one's for you. It's gonna be move over, cottage core. Here's why I fantasize oh. about living in an old mine shaft. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> okay, this one, This it feels like a... Um, 
This, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I just got like a fucking radio fucking flashback where I was like, this one just goes out to Taylor Browntown Lautner. <laughs> Shout out to KZ100. Oh, no, so we got Taylor Browntown Lautner. <laughs> um, Taylor, this one's for you. This is material success doesn't bring happiness. Here's why I'm still willing to give it a shot. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Beck. Pew, pew, pew. Who's gonna be... Woman craving chili cheese dog, never been more fertile. Oh my god, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Kelly Beck, have a chili cheese dog for us, please. Yes, please. And report back. All right. Um, shout out to Erin Salinger. Wait, wait, wait. Who's gonna be five times my tall husband, Joseph, insisted on cooking beef. They always seem to do that. What's up with that? I, I just love, for some reason, this photo just has a woman staring wistfully out a window. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, oh, um, Joseph. God damn it, Joseph, God stop cooking me. beef. Stop. He smells like beef. You smell like stop. beef. <laughs> oh, man. Remember Vine? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Shout out Sophia Salinger. Pew, pew, pew. Who's going to be this carefree bitch purchase roller skates? Oh, fuck. I want to do that so yeah, bad. Goals. Oh. All right. And shout out yeah. to yeah. Donna yeah. Kavanaugh. Yeah. Who's going to be why I don't go to therapy and just rewatch Frasier reruns instead. Yeah, I mean... We've all been there, you know? <laughs> um, can you tag yourself, please? Okay. I'm gonna be four reasons why I shouldn't have to step aside and let this kid have a turn on the big bass, the big bass wheel at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Honestly, Dude. kids don't have to go first. <laughs> no. I'm gonna be grocery store cart stocked like everything in the store is oh free. Oh my god. The fanfiction I brought to you today, I would like to title Let's Go Lesbians. Uh, that is not the title of this fanfiction. Malevolent Storm has written what I'm imagining is a revision of Twilight um, that has been updated very, very recently and has almost 30,000 words. Here is the summary for this. About three things I was absolutely positive. First, the Cullens are definitely vampires. Second, I'm a raging lesbian with the hots for Alice Cullen. And third, Edward is a fucking twink. I hate myself, and you should too. So I'm going to be reading a selection from this today. God. As I scroll down to this right now, um, I'm going to turn on my radio voice, and this fanfiction goes out to all you lesbians out there. Hell yeah. This one is for you. Um, this is from Bella's point of view. Um, from a, from the cafeteria scene. The girls were opposites. The tall one was statuesque. She was beautiful both in face and body. She looked like a model. The kind of girl that you could never decide if you wanted to be her or be with her. Her hair was golden and gently waved down to the middle of her back. If I hadn't already had a gay crisis, she would have sent me into a spiral. And if it wasn't for the presence of the second girl, I'd be in danger of developing a serious and unrequited crush. 
The second girl looked like she'd walked out of my dreams. She was pixie-like and ethereal. Her hair was a deep black, cropped short and sticking in every direction. Her energy was incredible and undefiable. I immediately never wanted to talk to her and wanted to hang out with her every day. <laughs> Whoever said lesbians were useless was right. I've never in my life felt more useless. My mouth was almost definitely open. Amongst my big gay meltdown, I somehow still managed to pull enough brain cells together to figure out what was bothering me. Despite all of these differences, they were all somehow exactly alike. Every one of them was chalky pale. The palest of all the students who lived in this sunless hellhole. Paler even than me, and that was a high bar. They'd all had very dark eyes despite the range in their hair tones. They also had dark shadows under those eyes, as if they hadn't slept for a month or were recovering from a broken nose. I sat entranced. All of them, all their faces, so different and so similar, were devastatingly and inhumanly beautiful. They were the sort of faces that had only existed in airbrushed magazines or art galleries. Objectively, it would be incredibly difficult to say who was the most beautiful. All of them shone. Unfortunately for me, my dumb lesbian brain had already picked one to latch on to. They were all looking away, and not just from other students, but from each other as well, away from everything as far as I could tell. As I watched the light of my lesbian life rose with her tray, unopened soda, unbitten apple, and floated away from the table with the graceful sort of lope that would fit right in on the fashion runway, I stared, amazed at her lithe dancer stop. I followed her journey all the way to where she dumped her tray and then back to the back door as she glided away from me faster than I would have thought possible. I glanced back at the others, who remained sat, unchanging. Who are they? I asked the girl from my Spanish class, whose name was probably Jessica. End scene. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Hell folks. Yeah. So, listen, if you want 30,000 words of... Um, what is said here as the ships of Alice Cullen, Bella Swan, Ugh. Carlisle Cullen, and Charlie Hello. Swan. And it says, trust me, I have a plan to sort this out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and more. Um, this is the fan fiction yeah, for you. So enjoy. get to it. Yeah. Um, well, I like a ham and spiraling. So. <laughs> and I am too. I'm going <laughs> to. Um, but here in, as we, what, uh, as we say in the West Coast? Sure. Eh? In the Spiral Coast? In the, in the Ham oh, Coast? No. <laughs> uh, fucking, I'm gonna yep, say Sorry, get it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, no, I'm gonna say, get it. And get whipped. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostHost44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKrauss and KrausFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone